Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Stress any any longer. Hello? Hello, Mr. Toba. Uh, yes, how are you, sir? I'm fine. Report reaching me has it that you are not on ground for the project. I, I can't be Mr. around, Toba, sir. What does this mean? I'm on leave, sir. I started what? my leave two days what ago, sir. On which leave? The normal leave, sir. For three years, I've not gone on leave, sir. You are going on leave. Is yes, your salary sir. on leave? We have sir? to put it on ground, and you're telling me you're on leave. Yes, sir. Mr. Sir, Toba, see, I don't want to hear that. Hey, but, sir, you see, I have not... Don't serve me. But... The companies are stake, and you're telling me you're on leave. Hey, sir, but, 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 sir, see, for three years, I'm nothing... Going to, I'm going to call you next 10 minutes, and please tell me you're on ground. Mr. Toba, you will tell me you're on ground. You cannot tell me that. I'm calling you back in the next 10 minutes. All right, sir. Why? I wasn't able to go and live for how many days? I, 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 oh. Daddy, daddy. Eh? Hold on, Joe. Hello? Eh? Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Hey, the agent just called. Which agent? He, uh, our landlord's agent now. Eh, what happened? Uh, he said um, that he has increased the rent. You know, we were paying 2.8. That's what he usually transferred to me. But tomorrow, Biko, transfer the 4 million to me. Eh? They've increased the money I, to 4 wait million. Wait now. Ah, from 2.8 to 4 million. Eh. I'm not giving him tomorrow. Do you know what's my, in my account? Darling, that's not even the only one. What again? Eh, Tommy school called. Eh. They've also increased school fees. You, we have to pay. You know, you know, you know my kind of mother now. Me, I cannot allow somebody to be calling my children now for not paying school fees. So but why you pay school fees? I don't understand. My eh? dear, I just paid this money. Do it on time. Don't let them embarrass me, please. All right. Daddy, 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 daddy. Eh? Mommy said I should meet you for money for bread. Money for bread. So your mom cannot give you money for bread? Ordinary bread. How much is bread? How much? How much is bread? For what? Must every, every day money for bread, money for bread. Sorry. You want to cut your hair? It is me. Daddy, please. Hey, wait, I don't worry. I will give you. 
Take. Go and buy the bread. Also, Daddy, eh? they said that there is extracurricular activity eh? to pay. Eh? Extracurricular activity. What what kind of activities? Football. Football. Oh, oh, you want to play football? Was this your two left legs? You want to play football? What kind of useless football are you playing? Why must you do extracurricular activities? Are you not okay? We're just going to school and read. Can't you be like Elon Musk? Is he, is he playing football? Get, get, just get away. Don't do any extracurricular activity again. Don't do anything. Daddy, what, what? did I do? Is that? What did I do? You didn't do anything. I'm sorry. It's... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, why? Why is this man calling? There's no fun here. Let me. Hello, sir. I'm on the road, sir. Yes, sir. In the traffic, sir. <sighs> eh? Oh, hold on, sir. Hold on, sir. Hello, there. Hello, darling. Uh, I told so many to collect money for bread from you. Have you given him? Please, oh, those children are hungry now. Oh, God. Will you money. just shut up? Mr. Ah, Tom, uh, why are you shouting no, at me? I'm not talking to you, sir. Why are you shouting at you, sir? You shout you. Why are you shouting at me? Mr. Tom, uh. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Daddy, doctor. Doctor. Mommy. Mommy. Call doctor. Call doctor. Where is the call doctor? doctor. Call doctor. Call doctor. Two times say doctor self, don't get pressure. What you look like? Attention, Larry. Good morning, church. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's a blessed day today. We thank God. It's another day where we are celebrating the men in Lighthouse. Can we give the men in Lighthouse a round of applause again? And let's give the drama units and the descent. She pronounced Lama Sense, lady. Descent for the wonderful um, presentations they've had today. I also like to thank the light men for a wonderful evening yesterday. Ah, and women, I miss so. I miss, maybe they will do videotape and all of you will see things that you have never seen before. It was a very interesting engagement yesterday. We knew the school that some people went to from their conversations. <laughs> we knew the homes that some people grew up in from their conversations. But there are a lot of things that came out in the conversations yesterday. And for the men who are in there, there will be a part two where we can always, um, you know, we want to be doing things like this more often so where we can, where we can release pressure. <laughs> but yesterday evening, there was no pressure at all. I pressure while I know. There was no pressure at all. There was no pressure at all. Thank God. Today is, happy Father's, today is Father's Day, and I'd like to say happy, happy Father's Day to all the men in the house. Um, it's, a, it's a blessing to be a father, and here in Lightman, we believe that all men are fathers, because there are so many ways in which we can be fathers. We are father figures, we are fathers in our community, we are fathers in the workplace, and that's the way it should be. So, 
Uh, young man, uh, a father. Mm -hmm. I think I saw my son somewhere there. Uh, you, you are not yet a father, you are still coming. <laughs> so, um, last year after the Father's Day um, service, um, Pastor and I talked, and the plan for this year was to invite my father to come and give um, a talk to us on um, Father's Day. Um, I'd always hoped and wished that um, he would come and minister to us here in Lighthouse one day. And um, when Pastor said it last year, we actually hoped that it would be. But um, I think the man decided to go and minister from heaven. So <laughs> he left us to go to heaven. And somehow, somehow, the light man wanted to put me to be the one to give the word today. But um, I'm only wearing bishop color like Pastor. It doesn't mean I'm a... <laughs> I don't have a pastor, but we are all priests, and we are all commissioned to preach the word, so we'll go ahead and try to give the word today. But it will be a kind of interactive service. Uh, we do want to do a panel where we bring just four people, so we'll, you know, talk around. Lala, I hope we have the mics, uh, so that, um, you know, when we call on people to give us um, their opinions, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get things. So there's a lot of pressure everywhere, and there are multiple pressures in being a man like we saw in the, in the sketch that we just saw. And uh, where did all these pressures come from? This once upon a time, we were inside one beautiful garden, Abby, fellowshipping with God, talking with God, singing to God. But that garden of Eden was in all heaven, like we are in heaven, Abby. But then, one stupid snake came. Thunder fired the devil. Or do we say God punished the devil? Or do you say Jesus has overcome the devil? Glory be to Jesus. So we thank God for his overcoming the devil despite that. But that's part of where the pressures came from. And then since after that time, Adam has had to work. But who is a man? You say a man is made in the image of God. That God made man. He molded man and made him in his own image. And from God, sorry, from man, God made woman. Abi? Uh -huh. So, are women really separate from men? That's a question we should ask ourselves. So that the women don't feel ostracized. Women must always carry the women along in everything. We do. Really, women and men are the same. We are beings. We are spiritual beings under God. It is for the purpose of reproduction and probably our functions here on earth that there is that gender differentiation mainly for reproduction. But in the eyes of God, we are one. So women too are feeling the pressure. Don't think that it's only men that are feeling pressure. I'll be alive, women. Are we not feeling the pressure too? Uh -huh. And the men are sometimes part of the pressure, Abi. Now let's not go to that. You say yes on today. You say yes again. Uh -huh. you give us today and say no, that today is... <laughs> you know? So even the function, and we even say that it's a functional thing because functional roles are getting blood. When I do a management meeting in my office, I see more women than men. And when you go into place, see women rising up to positions of um, authority. So women are also feeling the pressure. In a lot of homes, women are the breadwinners. Men are actually partners with men now in, you know, taking care of all the responsibilities. My wife is the one that buys the bread, though and pays for the um, extracurricular uh, 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 for the rent you know, and the school fees, you know. 
But I'm sure in many homes, those lines are blurred now because women are also taking part of that. So women feel the pressure too. And that's so that's the way it was when God chased Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. It wasn't Adam alone that felt the pressure, but he felt the pressure with Eve. So let's give it up for our women who are also our partners in this, uh, in this business. So we'll talk on some different areas where we feel the pressure. Just like us in seeing the sketch, the first pressure we face is usually from work. Because when you become a man, you have to earn a living. Like Pastor said, you have to be a provider. So that comes with um, working. But the money doesn't fall from the sky. Whose father ever told him, do you think money grows on trees? school. Uh, what did the new school tell their children now? I don't know. They said, do you think money grows on trees? So we have to work. And we feel a lot of pressure from the work we do. We have to earn a living. But why else do we work? Do we work to be rich? Do we work to serve others? Do we work to serve God? You know? And sometimes finding this work is not easy. Because, yeah, I mean, the unemployment rate in Lagos now is said to be about, um, in Lagos or Nigeria, about 40%. It's quite high. So we find that it's very difficult. And that's where a lot of pressure comes from. Because this work pressure is also related to financial pressure. And what is the answer when we find it difficult sometimes? Uncle <laughs> Japa. Some people have jappered, you know. Uh, there was once a man, very was doing very well, doing very well in his in his environment, you know, and things were going well. All of a sudden, things started becoming very tricky, and the man now decided to japa. When he jappered, the place he was going to. There were some very powerful people there, and he knew his wife was very pretty. They had to tell them, this is wife who is his sister. It's not his wife. Somebody knows who I'm talking about. They're very spiritual here. I thought I was coming the card. So that was Abraham in time of famine. So Jaqua is not new. In fact, if you go and look at it, Moses, O Jaqua, Jacob, O Jaqua, any of them. <laughs> Or japa. So sometimes it's necessary to japa if that is the calling that you had, like we discussed yesterday. But there are some people that said that hmm, they are not japa in anywhere on this Niger is where they are going to make it. And if some people can make it here, we should also believe that we can make it here. And Brother Ajide Ogunle here in the church. Yes, he said he's not japa. No, please tell the women why he said they are not japa. Tell the rest of the church. Why he said they are not Japanese? Can we give him a mic so he can speak? What are you doing? Good morning, church. Um, this conversation came up at the meeting yesterday. So, our conclusion is that there is no other country in the world that has the kind of vibe that Nigeria has. And um, some of the facts: you can wake up, uh, you can go to bed in Nigeria a pauper, and wake up the next day a millionaire. The opportunities abound. Probably because our regulations are still very lax. And in terms of uh, the weather, we are blessed in Nigeria. We don't know what we have. So in a place like Canada, it's, it's either it's extremely cold or it's extremely hot during summer. So Nigeria is well balanced. We just uh, trust God for better leadership going forward. So there's no other better place to be than Nigeria. And the communal spirit... The fact that I can see you on the, spirit, on the street, I'm greeting you. The fact that my neighbor is poking into my matter, that is something that 
you can't find in the Western world. So, but the conclusion is, it also boils down to our convictions and our place of assignment. If your place is in Nigeria, definitely you thrive in Nigeria. And if God is calling you to move abroad, then maybe you give it a try. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. In fact, the last thing you said reminds me of the incident I had. I was um, working in one hospital then. There was a doctor who had traveled abroad for a while, so he came back to that hospital to see the owner of the hospital. So, ah, thank you. We all called her mommy because she was quite... Ah, mommy, she was really so excited. As I was coming now, I saw some two school children. They were fighting. And I now stood and said, what's wrong with you? Why are you fighting? Oh, yeah, stop fighting. Say sorry to each other. They said sorry, and they said sorry, sir. I'm not being no, sir. And they said sorry to you, and they left. They said, and they left, feeling so cool. I can't try it over there. And I see it, but I have to walk away. And that's the way that society is, which is different from the society here. So like you said, there's a vibe here. So when they say pray for Nigeria, pray well, well, so you can catch out of that vibe and you know it can be good for you here. Yesterday we also had a lot of stories about men who have lost money. Ah, <laughs> so we had many conversation from six thousand pounds to hundred million to only no speckle. <laughs> eh, Pennywise, <laughs> you know. So financial wisdom is very important when you work to make this money, and that's one of the ways in which you can relieve the pressure. Because you must be wise in handling money. You must know how to handle money. Because, I mean, is it in the Bible that they say a man and his money, a fool and his money are soon parted? Or is that one normal proverb? Um, so it's important that we know how to take care of our, you know, take care of our finances. Um, we need financial wisdom. What are the tips that we can have for financial wisdom? Pastor Aki. Yeah, the money man. So give us some tips on financial wisdom. Basic tips on financial wisdom. Okay, hallelujah. <laughs> um, we've heard different messages over time. And um, there's something just very basic and fundamental. The first thing is that you have to make effort to hand. The Bible says that he that does not work should not heat. So it means that no matter the stage or the level at which you are right now, um, the first effort to make is to ensure that you're able to hand. You know, either you look for opportunity where you could work. I mean, um, the least way we could hand is to use our physical efforts. You know, um, there is dignity in labor. You know, if there is an attempt to get um, very good job and it's not forthcoming the basic way to start is to see okay where can i use my physical labor to start earning because from there you build your own personal dignity because you don't have to beg and from there you can also um, hand money to hand whatever um, knowledge that you need to get in order to get a better job and as you earn it's important that you save one of the major challenges that we have now is people wanting to be like the people they see on social media. 
people wanting to outdo their neighbors, people comparing themselves with their schoolmates or with their friends. You know, um, when you begin to spend more than you earn, then there is problem. It can never be balanced. So saving becomes a very important. And one of the ways where uh, one of the one of the ways we can achieve savings, no matter how much we are earning, is by ensuring that we deliberately cut down costs. You know, your cost of living. You know, there are certain things that we do that are tantamount to waste. You know, do you waste food in your house? You know, what are those things? How much do you spend on light? Things as basic as light. You know, things as basic as water. You know, all those things that you have to spend extra money on. Calculating your trips, you know, effectively. Ensuring that you cut down the actual bees or all of those things. That are, I mean, things are very, very basic, you know, help streamline such that we have, you know, some money for us to save. And one thing, you know, I will also lay on that is that we must have the consciousness that God is the one who provides, you know. So what it means is that no matter what you earn, you must recognize God in that you're earning. And as you build the habit of saving over time, put your money into credible investment. Verifiable, credible investment. Don't put your money into investment that is not verified, into investment that you're not sure of. You know, people have lost money, you know. I've also lost money, you know, into investment. I've lost, you know, over four million naira that I put into investment, you know. Because it was, a, it was an emotional decision. You know, in fact, when I was moving the money in my spirit, I thought that, no, this one I should not invest in. I did like multiple at the same time. You know, the ones that I was very sure. But this one, the conviction was from somebody else. You know, but I trust the person. But the Holy Spirit says no. You know, but, but uh, you know, you know what happens when... <laughs> so, don't learn from those bad experiences that you eventually have. Be proactive. Do your findings. If you are not sure that the person has the capacity to deliver, don't put your money there. You know, these things are very, very basic. And as you grow your income, if you have opportunity to partner with people who are running businesses that have the capacity, that has all of those things, you can put your money into what you're doing. What you're doing is that you are diversifying your streams of income. You know, and as you do this, and most importantly, you have to be kingdom conscious that the reason why you're doing all of this thing is for you to be able to have more to support the kingdom of God, support the work in the kingdom of God, provide for your family. As you do this, God will start expanding all of those income and revenue flow. Amen. Thank you very much. I told you we are all priests. You hear plenty talk from plenty men today. Yeah, so... Um, financial wisdom. So, no shortcuts. No, no speckle. If it looks too good to be true, it is not or it is. It's too good to be true. Uh-huh. So, just be careful. Just don't be looking to you know, get things quickly. Um, I attended a seminar once when he talked about three ways of you know, being rich. He has mentioned them. Investing, but being careful about the investments you're going to. Having multiple streams of income and um, giving. The third way was giving. In fact, in that, that was when I was in school, and somebody I said, like the easiest way to make money is to be giving money then. So, 
Because to invest, you have to think, you have to do research. Have you? Uh -huh. Multiple streams, you have to plan, you have to do this and that. But uh, they give, it will come back to you. Good measure. And so maybe you should just be giving. And it's a principle I've used, and it works very well for me. And I, we had a sermon the other day about somebody who gave a test, sorry, testimony. Someone gave a testimony about the um, generator where he gave, you know, probably his last card. And we saw how the multiplication came. So let's not, you know, diminish that part of giving because it's a very key part. When we talked about why are we working, why are we earning a living, it is to make life better for everybody, not really just ourselves. Yes, you want to make life better for yourself. But then it's also to, you know, have a, have a sense of purpose and also to improve your community. And looking at our work life, there's the essence of um, professional life versus entrepreneurial life. Um, here in this church, we try to talk of entrepreneurship, entre entrepreneurship a lot. And because with that, you have freedom. But sometimes, for some of us, we have to tool the professional line. Because that is, you know, where we can... It's that where we start off from, you know? Um, like somebody said, um, when you see people now, you think that, ah, this person has always, um, has always made it. This person is enjoying. I just want to be like him. Like the other day, I was one, one of my house officers. House officer is someone that just came out of medical school. Me, I've left school 30 years. I said, ah, chief, you're so successful. You're doing so well. How can I be like you? I said, yeah. Or sometimes when I post something, they'll say, ah, God, when? I say, ah, This say easy. Do you know where we started from? When I was working three jobs inside Lagos, morning, afternoon, and night, trying to, you know, MP. And upon all that, I want to marry. Ah, I don't have enough money, Omosa. Because even with three jobs, the thing, no, no balance at all. You know, so everybody has their humble beginnings. But there are faces you have to go through. I don't know, this talk for another day. This one of people losing money. I don't understand. Itself, I've lost. We've lost, we lost money too. But there was a day I was trying to lament to one of my fellow female colleagues and I was telling her about, you know, different investments I had done and lost. She said, ah, jeez. So you said, don't lose. No wonder. You say, when you don't lose money, that means say you don't they grow up. You don't they mean say <laughs> you're on your road to becoming a big boy. You say, now nah, so you they be. Then she started her own stories. I said, ah, now wow. So that if everybody, you know, when I was talking to my father one time, I think after that, he now story I never told me before, how they collected his land somewhere and everything. So I don't know, why must we lose money to make money now? You people should. Let us secure our wealth. I don't like this issue of everybody losing money. So, finished products. So that's um, professional life versus entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial life. And um, we must continue to grow. Can't stay in one place. So, like, even for that young doctor that I was standing, there are so many. Of course, I went back for residency, you know, went back to again to become a specialist. When I now became a medical director, I had to go back for leadership training and all that. Now, I'm currently doing an MBA. I'm in school, you know. Thank God, Pastor said he's my father. I'll come to him for my next school fees. <laughs> for my next school fees check. So we must continue to read, we must continue to grow, we must not remain stagnant. But I tell my colleagues that you've been a doctor, you didn't just wake up and say you're a doctor, or you're a nurse, or you're a financial expert, or you're a pastor, or you're a whatever. You acquired knowledge which was put into you. And it's that knowledge you acquired that made you what you are today. Whether you're experiential, experiential living, 
or academic study or whatever. You must always acquire knowledge because you must keep growing. So it said something about wastage, wasting of time, very important. How much time do you spend on social media? How much time do you spend watching that silly game of men kicking a ball up and down a field? You know? How much time do you spend just sitting and playing with your, you know, with your friends? You know? Yes, it's good to do some of those things, but you must make sure you use your time wisely. Always develop a certain amount of time to self-development and self-growth. And even if you're in a career path, always think of something entrepreneurial. It's very important because that gives you freedom. Once you get to be your own boss, when you get to be in a position where you can be your own boss, then you gain freedom. And then that way, you can go and leave. Not the one they will not let you go and leave for three years. And um, calling you to come back to work even though you are on leave. So the next aspect of pressure we want to talk about is um, health. Because we saw that man. What, how many diagnoses do we want to give that man that um, was in that drama sketch? So we can even all be doctor. They were calling doctor. But we could all see different kinds of diagnoses there. We could see hypertension, Abby. Uh -huh. And we could see a lot of mental health issues in the man. So it's very tricky, especially in this world that we live today where there are a lot of um, pressures. So it's very important that we safeguard our health. And for some of us, it's white here, out of righteousness, or not out of uh, the other one. You know, age, too, also brings different health, um, you know, different health challenges. Even in the Bible, you see people who had health challenges. See, Elijah, Elijah was depressed. Man of God, depressed, okay. How, 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 how for do? But just so that we, are, we have that um, susceptibility. Samson was blinded. Somebody who was fighting lions and everything, you know, became blind. You know, and I'm sure there are so many other health issues we can find in the Bible. Lazarus was sick, even died himself before Jesus came to, you know, wake him up. So there are always many health challenges, but by healthy living and taking care of ourselves better. I'm sure we can improve, you know, we can improve our health. Um, is there any doctor in the house now that is going to advise us on our health? Uh, not doctor today, I'm pastor. Dala, <laughs> any new doctor in the house? So my personal physician is in the house. So, Dr. Mololu, please, can you help us tell the men how to improve their health? Hey, Dr. Mololu. Better. <laughs> <Let up. laughs> morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> so, uh, happy Father's Day to everyone. To fathers, husbands, brothers, and sons. Um, healthy living, uh, like you were saying, work-life balance is very important for men. Um, I don't know how many men, how many, well, men have actually gone for facials, pedicure, uh, massage. Uh. How many men even wake up in the morning and, you know? <laughs> Hello. Hi. you even wake up in the morning and you know you cream your bodies you know rub pomade <laughs> i was at a function uh a few a few days ago i looked to my right i saw the man you know 
palm slippers, white feet. I was like, okay, maybe just got up on the wrong side of bed this morning. I looked to my uh, the other side as I was at the wedding. I saw the man, white feet. I was like, why? Why? They're not rubbing pomade, you know? So, <laughs> so men, you need to establish good work-life balance, work, rest, go out, you know, um, um, go out with friends, you know, don't just all work, work, it's not about providing, you must take care of your health. And how many women, women have a better health-seeking behavior. Men don't. Something will be wrong with them, they say, oh, I'll go to the hospital today, I have to go to work. They keep on postponing and postponing till it gets worse and they can't, uh, uh, it gets worse and leads to really severe uh, outcome. So I would advise that men seek a good work-life balance, have a better health-seeking behavior, and it will be well with you. And we'll support you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we have heard it. We have to take care of ourselves. So all the women in the house should give the men massage, uh, what do you call it, spa, spa tickets. Today is Father's Day, everyone has spa tickets, so we can go to spa and go and do facial, pedicure. Pastor, you're looking at pastor, Mrs. <laughs> But those things, I don't know. I, I went and say massage. I went for one massage once. I did. Not I did. Not not I left the place. I was like, I for my wife that to say, how do you feel now? I said, I, said, I feel okay. So maybe I'll go and try it again. I don't know. As you going for massage, I don't understand. But I will try it. There must be something there. Uh, I will catch it one day. And Jesus withdrew from the crowd. And Jesus withdrew from the crowd. You can imagine the burden the man had. He knew his mission. He knew what he was here to do. And he has started the job. I'm sure in his own mind that he say, Ah, pressure, wow. And people here want to just say, rah, 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 rah. You know? And when it got too much, or after every major incident, you will see it. Can't check in the Bible. And Jesus withdrew from the crowd. So that time of isolation, of peace, of meditation, what we even call mindfulness today, those are things that can help us as men to handle the pressure. Find your me time. Pray. Meditate. Get in touch with yourself. Withdraw. Withdraw. Put that phone on silence. You know, get into that quiet space. Your neighbor's generator won't disturb you, Shabbat. Find it, look for it, you know, and it can help you, you know, be better. And it wants you to have exercise. I mean, she'll have seen Pastor dancing yesterday. Oh dear. You know, hangouts. That hangout was, it was nice yesterday. So we need those, you know, interactions too. Very good for the, for the, for the health, for the health. So the next area of pressure we want to talk about. So I think I need to pray before I even start to talk about this one. Yeah. I love you. Which topic is that one? Yeah. Well, it's the area of marriage. <laughs> Pastor, this is why you love it. Yeah. Why? Why my friend says, uh -uh, marriage is sweet, marriage is good, <laughs> marriage is lovely. Marriage is a blessing. And that is all true. That is all true. But talking about the area of marriage in which I want to talk about it is like even starting from yesterday. How do you find your wife? 
because like we said we are not just we are talking to men generally we have a lot of young men here who are searching abi we have a lot of young men here who are searching nobody call them don't call them you know so we heard a story yesterday about somebody who eh who was have breakfast abi uh, in a very hard way you know so and we look go back to biblical times where your wife was literally no way be forced on you or chosen for you and things like that but now you have to do the job of looking for a wife and the women too are looking for a husband so you must have certain qualities that you're looking for and you must get into it for the right reason but when you get it for the right reason that's where you now find a good foundation to build upon and when you don't enter around you don't enter around you start to build from there because yes you can start off from anywhere just like our lives with Christ people start off at different phases some start in their teenage years some start in their working life some even start in their adulthood some people have started their work with Christ on death row sentenced to death and that's where they start their work with Christ so you can start off anywhere anything from any time but you must have a vision you must have a goal you must have a direction of where you are you know where you are going to because marriage is suffering in today's world if you look at it divorce rates are going up you know um i think i read somewhere that um, almost about um, 40% of marriages in the us now end up in divorce and we are beginning to see those things here as well you know and um you know we want to ask yourself why why you know, there are so many distractions so many pressures everybody is becoming self entitled and i think it's because we have left the recipe that god has given to us because when we follow god's recipe we find the balance it's all in the book ephesians 5:22 to 27 says wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior now as the church submits to christ so also wives submit everything to their husbands let's stop in here but let's continue husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he may sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish so I'm reading it now I'm wondering who has the easier task for a woman to submit to her husband or for a man to love his wife the way Christ loved the church they are both big duties but then that's the recipe that's the recipe God has given us and for us who are in the church you know who are born of Christ yes there are challenges but we must always remember that we have a we have a guide you know we have an instruction we have a we have where we are supposed to you know get our instruction from and that is the bible and we should make sure we always um you know follow it so that man that was when his wife was calling him on the phone and he was shouting on his uh, wife colossians 3:18 says wives submit to your husband as is fitting to the lord so when the man said he wasn't ready to maybe order to change that school that woman was not agreeing because she didn't want the neighbors to look at him needs to understand i said husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them 
So we must learn to be calm as much as possible, you know, and talk quietly and find a way together so that, um, you know, it shall, be, it shall be well with us. And First Peter 3.7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Prayer, Nikoko, prayer is very important. And if you want answers to your prayers, you must find peace. And we are hearing it here, that peace comes from you loving your wife in an understanding way. So, our life work is a journey. And at different phases, we continue to grow. But there are many things in the book for us to learn from and to grow with. That way, we will not be feeling the pressure as much as uh, we feel it. Sister Anu, ah, I'm enjoying this setup, boy. It's very sweet. They are telling us what the women can do to make life easier for their men. Doctor Betwai. Of Leleu. Maybe be a bit nicer. What women should do, not men. <laughs> Uh-huh, okay. Be a bit more nicer. Twenty things. A bit more kinder. Ah, just what you do now. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I think we should just um, keep, be be conscious of the fact that they are doing their best especially the lead fathers and um, all light men fathers and lead fathers. They are doing their best, so we need to consciously remind ourselves. Fine, sometimes they are going to fall. Sometimes they are going to not be all that. But as long as we know that it's a journey and for every step that they take, they have us at heart. We should also know that um, they are doing their best. We should continue to support them, basically. Thank you very much. So, support. Our supporters club. Hmm? Our biggest form of support. And I always say women are stronger than men. That's the thing a lot of people don't know. Men are stronger than men. There is so much a woman can withhold that a man cannot withhold. And that's why we need the women to you know, help us. So, men, refer to your wives too. Let's learn. I know it's not easy. Me that I'm talking. Uh, I know. Uh, you know, but we have to all try. You understand and defer better and um, you know pick up better and um, that way we can grow and be who we are supposed to be. The next level of pressure. I don't know, I did not even see that their drama schedule. That's the important thing, funny thing about the way this thing is going. I did not see it, I did not know what they were going to do. But everything is showing there, which shows that the same pressures, you know, are everywhere. But the next one I want to talk about is um, parenting. Parenting. Um, the children's day service was um, very interesting. Brought a lot of uh, mixed um, emotions. You understand? It was very nice seeing the very small ones coming and singing. You know, and we saw the semi-older ones coming and quoting Bible, quoting scriptures. You understand? And reciting Bible. We saw some of the other ones coming and dancing and freaking out. You understand? Then we now saw the teenagers. Rebelling and trying to find themselves. 
We've all been there before, so it's all part of the journey. For a lot of us parents, especially the men, children, when you think of children, what's the first thing, next thing you think about? Eh? I heard you from their mother care. School fees. Children is equal to school fees. That's one of the things that happens to a lot of men. Because when you see, that's the first thing, and you can see it's also paid out in the, um, paid out in the drama. And it's tough, but it's just what we have to do. Who wants to be an infidel? But the Bible says anyone who does not provide for his own, especially his own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I don't like that word, infidel. So let's use the version that says unbeliever. <laughs> so, I mean, that's First Timothy 5.8. So parenting is a very difficult task, especially for us men. We are admonished that day that we need to be more present. Have that the children are looking up to us. So despite the challenges we have at work, and the pressure of trying not to be an infidel. You know, we still have to make sure we balance it with the home, you know, with the home, um, with the home side. But I can put it more shoe size, isn't it? So when you know the shoe size, now the next thing is let's stand by the shoe. Because mm-hmm. I like me, I didn't know shoe size, but I know shoe price. <laughs> You know, so we have to be there. We have to be. We have to be, and that's the different phases of, um, you know, having children and parenting. So we just hear from three men now. But Alala, yes. So you're not only distributing mic. Now you go talk now. You're a father. <laughs> so tell us that early stage. How is that early stage? The level where level you are in now. How is it? The school fees is not yet alarm. Still a lot. Although, well, uh, I've heard that uh, the older they get. Talk about your, your level, where you are. Okay, where I am. Where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where I am right now, um, because I don't earn a salary. Parenting, so, no. Parenting. Uh, parenting. Paying school fees. Not school fees, just parents. Parenting in general. Being a parent. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. so being a parent. Mm, mm-hmm. Um. When we had my daughter, we took, it took a bit of time to have her. So when we finally had her, God gave us, um, if I'd probably started having kids on time, I would have probably had like four or five by now. So God gave me one that had the appetite of four and five. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the energy, the wisdom, the everything. But one thing happened to me, because my wife was in the bank, so it meant that every time... Um, when she was still like a few months old, every time she was done with crutch, that's about two o'clock. Wherever I was, I would have to go to pick her up, and I would have to parent her till like nine or ten. That means I literally was taking her to meetings, going everywhere with her. So that that like two years of being the father and mother for hours until my wife comes back from the bank gave me an understanding of uh, Bala Blue. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it it made me, you know, it's it was my ice breaking. Um, so I I got really close to her because before when she's crying I don't know why she's crying, you know. But when I started spending time with her, when she, even before she started speaking, I started okay if she's crying maybe she's uncomfortable maybe she's drinking maybe I have to change the pampas I have to back her I have to there's backing in front to sleep there's backing in you know beside there's when I put on my neck there's when I you know so I realized I had to shape shift just to 
adjust to, you know, a situation. And that's what parenting, you know, necessitates of you. Whatever you think you are, whether you think you are sanguine, you are melancholy, you are phlegmatic, you see, when that child, you know, the child determines what you should be. <laughs> the child determines what you should be. So, so, for instance, you say, me, I cannot go down all fours. And my, da- my daughter will climb on my back and be saying, Lala, giddy up. <laughs> my daughter turns me to a horse. You know? But I realize that my goal is more important than my role. What I want to achieve with her is more important than how I want to feel. So, whatever it is I need to be, you know, I am to her. But I'm not hoping that in the future, because I'm investing, sir. There must be return on investment. <laughs> she was telling us this morning why she was coming, that she wants to be a doctor. Oh, and you know that because medical school, you know, and there's a minimum of a school you can go to. The school fees, be an architect, too. It's cheap out. There's a student loan now, my worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap out. But she insisted that she wants to be a doctor. Then my wife called her Dr. Latoya. She said, no, not now. That for now, I'm still Latoya. And I said, but no, that if I've paid all those school fees, then you now finally become a doctor. My moving to you. <laughs> Just know. And so then you too, you will shape shift. <laughs> so, but I, I believe that parenting actually humbles you. It really does humble you. Thank you very much, Father Allah. I don't know if any of the men noticed yesterday when we were doing the singing, not the karaoke now, the one of singing um, eh? what do you call them? Matching songs. I don't know what you call them. You know, many of the songs that I was singing were nursery rhymes. Uh-huh. Because me, those I was from my time, I was remembering them, which is from the time of looking after my children. I'm sure Lala's house now is permanently on CBBs. TSTV is on CBBs. The one day in my house, I'm like, ah, CBBs. When last did I go through CBBs? Those CBBs in my house again, we have passed that. We have passed that level. If you know the Wiggles, I was the number fifth Wiggle in my house. <laughs> the Wiggles are four men. Tomama, Connie, Tomama, me, I was the number fifth. I was the fifth Wiggle. I was the fifth Wiggle that time because then you, you, said, you know all the songs, what the cities you are playing in the car. But it's the joy of, um, it's the joy of parenting. I don't know that time we allow us. We are supposed to hear from the next level of parenting. Um, but just to hear about the angle of parenting teenagers. Help my vice chairman. He's been hiding. Brother Donald. <laughs> Is that a problem? <laughs> asked me how to speak to his um, teenage son that the guy is just misbehaving. And uh, then, none of my children had attained that age yet. So, I found it um, found it ridiculous. How can that be? No problem. I'll talk to him. <laughs> I didn't know mine was coming. <laughs> now, I have two teenagers. And one that is um, has left an adult, a full adult. <laughs> so they challenged me virtually on everything. Take me to the cleaners. 
and um, correct my English. In fact, <laughs> at the time, I had to admit that, look, I didn't start speaking English until I was 18. So if I, if I jam rock, just accept it as such. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can be quite challenging because, um, you know, the teenage... Um, the teenagers, as it were, they are neither a child nor an adult. So, if you look at it, at that junction, there is usually so much of confusion. Am I turning right or am I turning left? Sometimes I'll call Michael, Michael, come. When you grow up, what do you want to be? At the time, I felt, I hope I'm not over-pressuring this boy. Because my intention is to guide him. I told him, whatever I want to be, even if you say mechanic, I'll support you. So I give them that leeway. I give them that opportunity to express themselves. You know. Um, but the thing is, we need the wisdom of God. The first problem I had was listening to them. I wanted to be the father in the house. This is black and that is that. Sometimes they'll say, no, that is not like that. So now we sit down to discuss. <laughs> we have dialogue and we agree to disagree. And uh, if I'm provoked and I say, Michael, and I raise my, you hold the hand and say, Daddy, that's child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> you don't touch me. <laughs> Aliyah will tell me, Daddy, if you do that, I'll call the police. I said, okay, no problem. So I'm the most gentry in the house now. And uh, they are the one in charge. But like I said, we need God's, God's wisdom. We need to keep showing them um, examples. Um, I found out that it's not what you say to them that really matters. It's what they see you do. You know, so sometimes I'll take the broom, and I'm, and I'm, as I'm sweeping, sweeping the house, I'll tell them, sit down and just watch me. You know, that kind of thing. It's not like, uh, go and do this. Have you done that? So sometimes when I wake up, usually sometimes I wake up last. I make the bed. And part of the reason is, so if I go to their room, I will say, why is your bed not made? And sometimes they stumble into our room. So where will you, I mean, what's the justification? If you are <laughs> harassing somebody for not making, I say, but daddy, your stew is in the same shape. So it can be quite challenging, but interesting. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Donald. Brother Donald. Yes, um, can be quite challenging, but we've all been teenagers before, so we know ourselves. We know how we were too, and we know the challenges of um, that phase of life. It's a bit more different today, and like we were admonished the other day, we need to engage more. But now it's more relational rather than instructive. So we have to get, you know, to talk with them more, understand them better, get where they are coming from, agree to disagree, like what I don't know said. And, um, you know, God will continue to grant us um, wisdom. And there are a lot of wisdom in his books. In Colossians 3.21, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children so they won't be discouraged. I mean, they provoked us well, well in our own time, but we are not discouraged. They made us tougher. But in this era, if you provoke them too much, in fact, that discouragement is very... So, you know, I think the Bible was ahead of time. So, you know, to train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. Um, and he said, um, Proverbs 13, 22, A good man lives his inheritance to his children's children. So we should continue to engage them, should continue to pray for them, 
and um, you know, be a shining example, like Dr. Donald said. I wish you enjoy the journey of parenthood. For those of you who are in there, you will get there, definitely for sure. And you will also get to enjoy this gift of um, parenting. It's a big job. In fact, when you are talking, something even occurred to me, that um, does God listen to us more or speak to us more? Huh? He listens more, but we talk more. <laughs> but we are the ones always praying and calling on to God. And that is just a learning point that you know, dropped in my heart as you are speaking. That we need to listen more to understand them, get where they are coming from, you understand, and then we now speak to them. Because in all the leadership things are going, they keep on talking about listening, listening, listening. We must learn to listen more. You know, so listening is a key attribute that we need to have, especially as parents in today's world. So the final angle, being lit, being a light man, that's having the spirit of God in you, a spiritual life. Is it automatic that once they are a light man, once they are lit, there is no pressure? Is it automatic? Well, we know it's not automatic because in this world, it's in the Bible, we will have trials and we will have tribulations. And there are so many challenges that will come our way. There's the devil goes about like a roaring lion, looking to who to devour. Since the Garden of Eden, he has been trying to cause um, confusion. Yesterday, we heard of um, different type of people too who are trying to cause confusion. All those um, police, you know, and uh, we had some nice stories, interesting stories yesterday about um, the one who saw a panel beta that was going to do get YAK um, results. <laughs> Very interesting. And we also talked that. <laughs> I started laughing. But those who know, the story was about a man, a spiritualist used to come to somebody's house and, you know, preach to the mother. And the mother was just humoring the man, humoring the man. So they, they had an uncle in the house who was a panel beater. And one day the man was in the house and the spiritualist came. And they said, ah, you were, why are you so written here? Oh, my pass. No, of course, that's the last straw for the mother. Oh, yeah. I couldn't live. <laughs> We talked a lot about the spiritual yesterday to the negative side of the spiritual. There's no be juju be that. Juju day. But what power are you giving to juju? How are you letting it affect you? How, are you? how much attention are you focusing on it? When you have been told that no weapon passion against you shall prosper. So we know those things like Pastor told us yesterday. They are there, but we know the side that we are on. And we know that what we are is more powerful than what is there. And we should not give it any attention. But when you start to give it attention, then you now start to, you start to invite all those things on you. So it's very important that we must not live in bondage. Um, we must avoid distractions. There are a lot of distractions. Social media, this world, there's a lot of information overload. Everybody has an opinion. You know how many people you are talking to per day when you go on social media? Thousands. Probably hundreds of thousands that you are engaging with on a daily basis. Some of them, in a normal situation, you don't even sit down to talk with them or even look at them or what do you call it. These are like me and pastor's time. You will everyone. It's the ones that are in your neighborhood you will see. That's your social media. But now, everywhere, 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 information, information. No, this one's opinion, that one's opinion. You put on radios, talk show, put on TV, talk show, everywhere. Information, information. 
And sometimes it's difficult to process all this information. And it creates subtle pressure. Subtle pressure. I don't listen to the news. I'm trying to start again. Because I realize when you wake up in the morning, listening to newspaper review, or all that, like before you know what's happening, it's building up. And in the days when, you know, my earlier days, when you now, by the time you finish down, you enter the road to drive, and somebody drives something for you, you start to shout again. By the time you get to the office, you're already at a high level of pressure. So you must know how to deflect, you know, what is important to you, and, um, you know, how to maintain your own, um, your own peace. You must know how to stand your ground. You must know what you mean to God. You must build a relationship with God. How do we build a relationship? By reading the Bible, so we know what he wants. And so we can find help. And again, prayer and Ikoko, prayer is the master key. And prayer is not just talking to God. It's not just asking. My best prayer is when I'm in thankful mood. That's my best prayer time. When I'm in thankful mood. Worship mode. That deep worship mode of thankfulness. Where that connection comes. Of course, all types of prayer. Very good. It's important that you must have that. Again, Jesus is our example. We saw how frequently he went away to pray. We saw how frequently he used the word. Sometimes you wonder which word was Jesus using. He wasn't carrying the Bible around in his pocket. We were all in the temple. The scrolls were there. So in those early years, he must have studied the scrolls. He must have listened to them. Because that's the humanity of Christ. He must have studied them. He must have listened to them. Imbibed them. And then came out to, you know, spread his, um, do, do his own um, ministry. So we must take the example of Jesus. We must be conscious of it at all times. There are a lot of distractions. They are trying to be holy. You now hear that Ashake song. You now, uh, now start thinking, is it the good one or the bad one? Before you know it. <laughs> you know, we must be conscious of it at all times. I remember, you know, who you are. We must carry one another. Very interesting thing yesterday. When we were doing the karaoke. And we started singing, uh, We Are the World. It was, very, it was very moving. All of us together singing, We Are the World. We are holding hands. Don't let this man. Yeah. But uh, Malicious said, Ah, it has turned to spiritual. I said, Ah, it's always spiritual with us. We can't run away from it. It was very touching. And the words of that song, um, Brother Donald said yesterday, very powerful song. We Are the World. You know, but we can't be that if you don't have the Spirit of God in you. So that's where the real being of this world and being who you are supposed to be in this world comes from. We must carry one another. We must sharpen one another. We must be gold, gold in Christ. When we are bold in Christ, when we have a good relationship with him, he will help us handle all these pressures. That's the key to handling all these pressures. But it's not automatic. You must grow. You must develop it. You must build on it. And when you have it, then you are now able to have dominion. Because God says you must have dominion. We must have dominion over financial pressure. Have dominion over marital pressure. Have dominion over work pressure. Have dominion over parenting pressure. Any kind of pressure. We are meant to have dominion over it. And it is by all the things that are preached here on this pulpit which help us every day. And making it a habit, a conscious habit, you know, to grow in the world that we can now, you know, overcome it. So we are the lighthouse. We must keep the fire burning. We must keep the current charging. And we must keep the Holy Spirit flowing. And that way, we will see pressure. Because it will be all right. Thank you.
This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenergy.org for more.